That's unspoken with mistakes. I'm Victory 91.5. I like that reminder. Oh, isn't it good? You pick every single song. You hand select every I hope song. God's the one that does it. He just lets me be a part of it. But I sure do love uh, to to be a part of it after all these years, you know? And you listen for a lot of different things. You listen, obviously, for the lyric content. You also check and make sure all the artists are really walking what they're talking, what they're singing. and It is crucial. Yeah. Well, and then things change. We saw this week uh, one of the folks from Hawk Nelson came out and uh, was struggling with their faith in a pretty dramatic way. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, we, we do, we keep a very close watch to try to help and encourage, and we do all our best to support artists, too, just because yeah. uh, we love how God is using them and raising them up, but a lot of them are young and growing up, too, so you know how hard that is. <laughs> now, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, which is something that I think is definitely about growth, because you grow in your walk with yeah. the Holy Spirit. You grow in the way that you approach the Lord and in the way that you allow him to use you. So what do you think about Pentecost and how this applies to us just personally having the Holy Spirit in our lives? You know, and it's so crucial. That's one of the reasons why I, I come on and I really teach on each one of these feasts. And, you know, whichever one I'm doing is, is really my favorite, you know, because it just happens that way. And uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, especially for me, is very impactful. Back in 1980, I was 16 years old. So needless to say, after nearly 40 years, it has been the most dramatic. Actually, in, in August, it'll be exactly 40 years for me. So I've had a chance to watch how your journey and walk with the Holy Spirit through G with Jesus, how that impacts you uh, for your life. And so one of the parts as we're going to be talking about this for hours is really, how, what do you do now? How do you interact? How do, how do you cry out to God? God, I, I'd like to encounter you. Because what you're asking for is more of Jesus. Yeah. He's the one encountering him. There's only one God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So if you love Jesus, if you love the Father, you might just not, not have come to understand and to encounter the Holy Spirit in the same way. And so that's our prayer for you, that you would just get as much of Jesus as you possibly could. That relationship would just get deeper and deeper until you are literally the bride of Christ and marry him one day in heaven. So uh, it's power, though. And encountering the Holy Spirit is power. It's intimacy. It's uh, the much faster repentance of your sins. It's the pursuit of God. It's the enablement to do the work of ministry. He said, wait, don't go out. Wait for this. So it, it means a whole lot. And today, of course, we spent the first two breaks here really just an introduction because of the concept of what we're talking about. A little bit different because we're not just jumping right into Pentecost because I do believe that we are looking at a glimpse. And uh, so if the glimpse is the first four horses of, of what you read in Revelation, it's not actually the four horses, but just a glimpse of them. We've encountered the things that will happen in, in that day. And so in order to do that, we're at the fourth horse. We can't start at the fourth horse. That would be very confusing. So we're going back and this break, we're going to talk about uh, where it begins, which is Purim. And that is white horses or a white horse. So this is what I believe happened this spring on Purim, uh, Passover and second Passover, and will happen on Pentecost, uh, which begins tonight all the way through Sunday, and then on and on and on during uh, this very condensed preview of the first four seals and horsemen. If you haven't been listening from the beginning, I will post all of this up on our, our blog and podcast because you really do have to listen through on this one. To, otherwise, you'll probably lose where in the world we are. So, well, let's go back and just look. The first seal and the white horse of Purim. I looked, and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown, 
He rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. Now, interestingly enough, why do I believe that the white horse's glimpse started on Purim? Purim is the only feast day specifically about a crown, a king, and a conqueror that is bent on conquest. It was during Purim, now think back, if you will, in early March, that you probably became aware of this pandemic, its potential danger to America, and what our plans were to respond to it. This virus is called corona, which means crown. The Hebrew word nazer means crown, authority, and set apart. This biblical year of 5780 is all about authorities and crowns. The rider of the white horse is given a crown and carries a bow with no arrows because this confrontation is more about conquering than it is about fighting. What was the effect of this seal or horseman on our world back in March beginning? Well, the virus has affected over 5 million people, killed over 340, so it's very deadly. But this pandemic isn't about a virus as much as it's about changes to crowns or authority. Every healthy person, not just the sick, has been set apart or quarantined, that's that naser word, for the first time in history. That action was initiated not by elected officials, but by unelected health officials. So the authority structure was changed. The crown, in other words, changed hands. Even though the elected were part of it, the, it was initiated from down here. I would just say beware. Expected leaders with unproven solutions. Leaders lead with purpose and an intended destination. Conquerors, on the other thing, only seek to win so they don't properly consider or count the cost. They ride white horses. They claim to bring hope. They pretend well, but in the end, their guesses prove fatal, always have. The virus has conquered every nation on the earth like nothing else, including either world war. Authorities across the whole earth have been shifted to respond to a virus. As our president shifted from receiving medical counsel to following the guidelines they established, despite their direct conflict to economic policies. So who rode the white horse? Historically, in both world wars, there were multiple antichrists who sought authority and crowns and whose actions were murderous and often genocidal. In World War I, such men as Rasputin, Tsar Nicholas, Lenin, Trotsky, Kaiser Wilhelm, the three Pashas, Abdul Hamid II. In World War II, there was Hitler, Stalin, Mao, Hirohito, Tojo, Mussolini, lots of those names. These men are all dead now, but evil has not lessened, has it? <laughs> because it has spiritual roots, so it can't be defeated in the flesh alone. Most people recognize Hitler as an antichrist and the systematic, brutal murder of six million Jews, including more than one million children, as a very clear picture of the tribulation to come. But will we recognize an antichrist if he desires not to be known? Who is riding this white horse? If this is what, if this is a glimpse, who's riding the white horse? Well, the current pandemic was birthed in Wuhan, China, where communist leaders have proven to be deceitful, dangerous, and the greatest persecutors of the church in the world today. Strong evidence also points to the virus being manipulated in a lab there. Uh, President uh, Xi Jinping's persecution of Christianity alone would equally they easily earn him the uh, title of an antichrist. But add the government's deliberate actions regarding corona, and the title is very well deserved. But that's not all. There are many heads impacting the corona, the crown authority structure. You have Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's become the face and voice of authority. It was his counsel to shut down the economies of the world and suspend the individual rights of Americans. He's headed the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Disease over 31 years, $4.5 billion annual budget. Both the CDC and World Health Organization also forefront of decision-making. 
The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has been the primary research funding group for coronaviruses and invested billions over the last 20 years. I'm not going to cast anybody there as um, wearing crowns. I'll let that be whoever God reveals in, in one day to the world. But uh, social media giants are blocking those who protest, pulling top-tier credentialed scientists, physicians, our president, anti-lockdown organizers, declaring events that defy government's guidance aren't allowed. This, despite repeatedly changing findings and recommendations, so the, the the issue here is it's really hard sometimes to just go, oh, you're an antichrist, you're an antichrist, and you're an antichrist. Every worldwide organization desires a worldwide government structure, and a world without the courage, bravery, and Christian principles that uphold our republic is not a very inspiring or hopeful world. But many antichrists have ruled nations around the world. But one of the primary reasons the nations haven't fallen is God's hand. Is on America, and I'll spell you spare you any enraged oratory because I realize that at this point everything that can be felt or said has been made into a meme on Facebook hundreds of times. So that's why it's no point even trying to point fingers. We can look at the past and judge, but trying to understand our own a little more complicated. But the point being, Purim was when this began. And the question is, why would it begin on Purim? If all of that is true, why? We'll look at that next. Coming up, we're going to hear from Matt Marr and Leanna Crawford. Defined by work.